Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Talbot, and thank you so much for joining us for this ongoing series of Women in the Bible. This week, we're doing struggling women, women that are going through difficult things, and we can really relate to them because some of the things we go through, too, um, as well as they did many hundreds of years ago. For example, if you ever felt destitute in some way, maybe is depression, and maybe is financial, maybe it's a relationship, you will be able to really relate to this story. This story is about a woman who uh, loses everything. I don't know if you ever have been in a place like that, where, where the rubber meets the road and you are left with nothing, only God, and then you realize that God is enough. Well, this will happen to Ruth. Ruth is a woman that is not an Israelite, and she will lose everything. She will lose her husband. She will lose her family. She will lose her land, and she will have to have something to look forward to. And that's why we're going to study her story. Her story is for all of us, each one of us, because the truth is we all go through things like that. Before we start, I want to tell you a little story that perhaps you have heard on the news Remember when the Costa Concordia crashed in the west coast of Italy? Um, this was a terrible tragedy, a 4,000-people um, cruise ship that uh, went down, and um, many actually died, and hundreds were scarred for life emotionally. But there was one story that really caught my attention. It was between a husband and a wife. Their last name was Cervelle. And uh, the two of them had only one life jacket between the two of them. And so they didn't know what to do. They wanted to jump on the water, but, you know, they obviously these are panic moments. So the husband, they were, they were celebrating, I think, their 40th anniversary. So the husband told the wife, uh, and this sentence is in my mind since that day, swim on, my darling, I'll catch up. He was a very good swimmer, and so he gave the life jacket to his wife. She never saw him again. This story always has caught my attention because how is it that God could show us his love for us? He, his love that surpasses any ties that we could have here on earth. So he will use two metaphors of love throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And that is a father with a child and a husband with a wife. This husband gave up his life for his wife, and um, she had a very emotional testimony about that, how, how she really owed her life to her husband. Well, today we're going to study this metaphor of husband and wife that God will use very powerfully throughout the whole Bible to teach us of His love for us. The whole book of Ruth is uh, written around this one concept of the kinsman redeemer, the closest of kin, who could bring redemption to, to somebody who had been disgraced in some way or had fallen into, um, like Lucado puts it, drought, doubt, debt, or disease. And the kinsman redeemer was a person that could take them out of that shame. And you too can choose faith over fear because you also have a redeemer. Now, this uh, woman has a whole book in the Bible named after her, Ruth. So, I am hoping that right now, if you have a Bible, you can turn to Ruth. And we are going to start from the very beginning. Ruth chapter 1. 
This story happens around 1200 BC and it starts in Bethlehem, interestingly enough. You know, God does this um, things in patterns in the Bible. Like, for example, um, this will happen in Bethlehem and later on, David will be born in Bethlehem and eventually Jesus will be born in Bethlehem. And all these are circles of history and geography that God puts together so that when the Messiah would come, we wouldn't miss it. Still, some people missed it, but he prepared the whole Old Testament uh, with the what I say is like the DNA of Jesus, so that when Jesus came, we would put it all together, connecting all the dots. So, this actually starts in Bethlehem, and I will start on the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Now, we came about in the days when the judges governed that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the land of Moab with his wife and his two sons. So, the first thing that we find is a problem, a famine, something too great. So, they have to leave to a foreign land. And by the way, um, did you know that all miracles in the Bible start with a problem? And uh, that is so hopeful to me because if, if you have a problem today, well, you're a candidate for a miracle. And uh, she will have a miracle later on that she could not have expected or imagined. And I love the verses that God does immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. He blows my mind away all the time. And this is going to happen to this woman. She, um, it, her name is Naomi. Elimelech is the husband and they have two sons. And they actually go to another land, Moab. But in Moab, uh, tragedy strikes. And I'm going to read it to you on verse 3, uh, verse three to 5, verse 3 to 5 of the first chapter of Ruth. Then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They took for themselves Moabite women as wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other Ruth. And they lived up, up there about ten years. Then both Malon and Chilion, the two sons, also died, and the woman was bereft of her two children and her husband. Can you imagine that type of tragedy? You are a foreigner, you have nothing, and tragedy strikes, and you have now no male representative of your family in a culture that uh, really women were nothing. So you needed either a son or a, or a father or a husband to speak for you and to take care of you. She has none of those uh uh, males in her life anymore and so she comes back um, to Bethlehem but her daughter-in-law decides to come back with her now we just read that the daughters were Moabite women and Naomi decides that she is not going to leave uh, um, Ruth decides that she's not going to leave Naomi by herself but when Naomi comes back to Bethlehem she comes with nothing I don't know if you ever had the blessed experience of, of hitting, you know, where the rubber meets the road, just all the way to the bottom, hidden bottom. Something happens when you get there and you're stripped of all your securities because that's usually when you find a real God, not the one of, in your head, but the one that actually goes all the way to your heart. Uh, it happened to me during hard times and it will happen here to Naomi too. But she comes to Bethlehem, and she says, I don't even want you to call me Naomi anymore. Naomi means sweet. And she says, don't call me sweet anymore. I'm going to change my name. Have you ever been in a place that is so dark and so terrible that you want to change your name because it, mean, it looks like God has dealt so bitterly with you? That's what she does. Chapter 1 of Ruth. Birth, I'm going to read from verses 19 to 20, I think. They both went until they came to Bethlehem. 
And when they had come to Bethlehem, all the city was stirred because of them. And the woman said, is this Naomi? And she said to them, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara, which means bitter. You perhaps remember when the bitter waters of Israel uh, at one time uh, were made sweet. They called that place Mara. Mara, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. I don't even want my name that means sweet anymore. Please call me Mara because um, the God has dealt bitterly with me. Perhaps, like Lucato says, you are in a season of drought, doubt, debt, and disease. Perhaps you feel like calling yourself Mara. Perhaps broken dreams or broken vows or broken heart. They are in a place they don't even know how they're going to survive. And I think this story is like, like the epitome of the, of, of the story of the caterpillar becoming a butterfly. Uh, this is where God is going to show his redemption. It's, this is like a history of redemption in, in miniature, and it can be applied to the whole Bible. They don't know what to do. Uh, Ruth goes out to try to get some grains so that she and her mother-in-law can, can um, well, survive. She ends up in a, in a field that was owned by a man named Boaz. And uh, I'm going to read to you chapter 2, verse 3. She departed and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and she happened to come to the portion of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Remember, Elimelech was Naomi's husband before he, he died in Bethlehem. Uh, he died in, Bo in Moab, but he had come from Bethlehem. So, without knowing, Ruth ends up in this field. And one day she shows up with all these grains, uh, a lot more than a, a regular person would reap. And Naomi so surprised. And she says, what happened? Where did you get all this? And she tells the whole story. This name, this guy named Boaz, let me do it. And Naomi starts jumping up and down and Ruth doesn't know why. And I'm going to read it to you. It's one of the best, the, the best verses in, in all of this book and in the whole Bible for me. Chapter 2, verse 20. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed of the Lord who has not withdrawn his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said to her, The man is our relative. He's one of our closest relatives. And the, and the word in the Hebrew is goel, which means kinsman redeemer. The goel had several roles. He could pay your price if you were indebted and, and became a slave. He could redeem your land, but he also could cover you, protecting you, not only to sustain you financially or whatever it may be, but the Goel also married the widow of a de deceased relative so that that relative could have descendants and not have uh, died in shame without descendants. So when Naomi realizes who this man is, he says to Ruth, you have to go to him and do something very, very strange for us. You have to go to wait till he's sleeping and lay at his feet. And when he awakes, he's going to be pretty surprised. Yeah, you think? He's going to be very surprised. This is what you're going to do. And so she has a plan. And the plan is in chapter 3 of Ruth, starting on verse 8, is when it takes place. It happened in the middle of the night that the man was startled and bent forward. And behold, a woman was lying at his feet. And he said, who are you? And she answered, I'm Ruth, your maid. Spread your covering over, over your maid, for you are kinsman redeemer this is one of the best stories because it teaches us something greater this name goel kinsman redeemer is the name of the messiah throughout the old testament because jesus would come being our closest of kin because we were created in god's image and he would do all the roles of the goel he would pay our price he would 
get our land back, and he would purchase descendants for God from a race that was dead. And that's why Isaiah 53 ends by saying he will see his offspring and be satisfied. Well, guess what? She ends up marrying Boaz. Ruth ends up marrying Boaz, and they have a child, and the child's name is Obed, and is the grandfather of King David. So, Ruth the Moabite makes it to the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew 1, who will also be born in Bethlehem. But in Matthew 1, we have four women. Uh, Yesterday, we saw the program of Rahab. Today is Ruth. Both of them are in the genealogy of Jesus. Jesus is our ultimate goal, our kinsman redeemer, who would do all these things for us. And perhaps today you, you are feeling, well, I could never be chosen by God. I'm an outsider. How could God redeem me? Well, if you are in the middle of broken dreams or broken bows or broken heart, wondering if you should change your name to Mara, today I have a good, good news for you. You have a Goel, a kinsman redeemer. He has plans for you and he has redeemed you and he can restore you. Eventually, he will restore all things. Revelation 21, 4 says that, Eventually, He will wipe away every tear from our eyes, and there will be no more sin and no more death and no more mourning. But until then, you can actually choose faith over fear. And you can say how Ruth, the same things that Ruth said to Boaz, spread your covering over me, for you're my kinsman redeemer. You don't need to live in fear. You can choose faith over fear. No matter what things have happened, You have an ultimate goel, an ultimate kinsman redeemer, who has done for you what you could not do for yourself. And now you can live your life with that hope, with that faith, knowing that He will rescue you, that He's your redeemer, and that you will spend eternity with Him. What an awesome book. I hope you can read all of the book of Ruth and know that it's pointing to a greater redeemer, Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Until next time, live free. Woohoo!